Awesome. Well, we can kind of get started. Uh, so yeah, thanks so much for for joining us. We're actually gonna try something new with this, you know, um, session is basically doing like deep dives into organizations or initiatives that cater to students, and then you know, just really kind of unearthing what makes them special, what makes them useful, because it seems like you know, there's so many kind of communities and things that you can do now that can be a little bit overwhelming so just understanding you know what is really good and what makes something stand out um so yeah so we're gonna start with like color stack um kind of doing this as like a podcast but then also just doing some more research and be publishing like a longer piece in newsletter form oh i love that okay that sounds good awesome so i think we can just get started with like a little bit about yourself yeah for sure so i uh so i'm jaron i uh graduated from cornell uh, in May of 2020, I was a computer science student there. Um, I interned at Two Sigma my freshman year and did the Google Step program my sophomore year and then went back as an APM intern. Um, so that was kind of what I did through my throughout my summers. But on campus, I also was a part of different organizations like um, Cornell App Development, Cornell Data Science, um, and I founded a few uh, clubs myself while I was there. Cool. And then, you know, what kind of uh, drew you to, you know, starting like a, a nonprofit as opposed to, you know, kind of going that traditional route, joining a <laughs> big tech company, um, yeah. you know, doing all that? Yeah, I mean, I think it was it was a, it was an easier decision for me to make because I, I think I'm you know, I'm really intentional about what I do and I, I, I don't really, um, I, I try not to settle and I, and whenever I'm kind of not in the most, uh, an ideal situation, I try to, you know, pivot or make the situation better and kind of exit that, um, opportunity or that experience as fast as possible. So throughout my internship, the first one I did was you know in fintech and i was like this is cool but specifically this type of work is not of interest to me if there's no consumer facing side of it so then i went to google uh, started doing some android development there i was like eh i think product management is more fun for me then i went into the apm program and then i was like eh product management is fun but i want to work on problems that i want to solve so i was like okay <laughs> start, a, start a company so i think like it was an easy decision to make for me because I was just always looking for a better um, work environment for me. Like I, I was, I was, I was always kind of figuring out why I wasn't fully satisfied and kept pivoting to new roles and new companies um, that I thought were going to give me a better experience until I eventually stumbled upon, you know, my own organization. And then, you know, um, your organization can be like starting like your own company even, right? So what was the kind of that um, you know, decision-making that you went through? Yeah, I mean, that that was... It, it seemed like the... Like, it seemed like the only way to really progress, I think, just stumbling upon the problem um, of supporting black and brown computer science students uh was the more obvious thing to do but then you know the, the second the second step or the follow-up question is like okay so how are we going to do it is it just going to be you know a slack group is it just going to be a, a newsletter is it going to be a non-profit a for-profit a software uh, you know there's so many different ways to go about it and i just 
I felt most comfortable uh, starting a nonprofit. And so um, that was, I, it took me a while to actually pick the type of, like the, the type of solution I was going to put out there. Um, so I touched a lot of people beforehand, but ultimately it felt best to, to run it as a nonprofit. Um, and that was a little, that was also, uh, uh, you know, a learning curve just to figure out exactly what needed to be done from a legal standpoint, um, to get set up. Um, so I'm, st- I'm still learning stuff to this day, but that's kind of what went into making that decision. Awesome. So can you tell us more about like, you know, Colorstack, like what the org is and, you know, when it started and what it has become now? Right. Yes. Yeah, so I think, I mean, originally it started as a, just a Slack workspace, I guess, to the public eye. Mm-hmm. Um, but really over time we've strengthened our image uh, or have tried to at least to become more than that. Right. And so we have this portfolio of programs that we're actually building out. Um, and you can kind of think of it as on deck, right. The way that they're kind of building all these fellowships uh, for different specific tracks um, that kind of reinforced the strength of the community at large um, of, of kind of on-deck alumni, right? And so for us, you know, we want to attract uh, students into our programs and build this portfolio of different programs that serve different purposes along the four-year journey of a computer science student uh, that will ultimately strengthen the underlying community that we have that lives all year round. So you can apply directly to join the community uh, but we'll, you know, we'll we'll do programs that are like ten week long uh, intensives throughout the semester, or maybe a three week boot camp, or let's say we'll do a hackathon or a career summit. We'll do all these things that live kind of on top of the the community uh, to to further strengthen the community by giving you very intimate um, um, and direct uh, value propositions depending on like what what which what problem we're trying to solve so it could be job search it could be learning how to really write code for yourself or um you know getting just getting started in a way that will keep you in the major if you're considering dropping so you know you i, I want to get your thoughts on this like what do you think is kind of missing from um the kind of computer science ecosystem within like um schools now you know even in like top schools like like cornell um, like, how do you think they are kind of lacking in what they teach or what they kind of bring to the table um, as compared to you know, what all is needed uh, for, like, someone joining the tech industry now? I mean, yeah, I think from a curriculum standpoint, um, I mean, this is this and this isn't just specific to computer science. I think uh, most colleges, especially um, R1 institutions which are top research institutions um are super focused on research and theory and so what happens is you have these professors who are doing all this research and their coursework is getting better and more applicable to industry but in general is very theoretical and has nothing to do with the actual roles that people are the students are looking to um apply for and, and go into industry. And so I think, especially at Cornell, what happened with us is we we had a bunch of project teams, like I mentioned, like Cornell App Development, Cornell Data Science, where we were actually learning how to build software. 
um, which you don't really learn in any of the core curriculum. Yeah, that definitely, I think there's definitely like a, a disconnect between like, I feel like schools are training people more for like research positions or like, hey, if you want to go to like a lab or maybe go for like a PhD rather than like to be like a founder or to just be a, um, you know, good contributor to like tech teams. Like almost all of those skills really do come from um, experience. I think that's kind of why like the value of an internship has just become, and the competition, honestly, uh, to get an internship has just, I think, skyrocketed because people have realized that hey you need that internship just you know getting a degree and a good gpa is not gonna kind of cut it anymore right right um so kind of tell me more about like the programs that you're running and like some of the learnings that you've kind of gotten uh, over the last uh, you know it's almost been like a month and a couple of months right it hasn't even been like a year yeah it hasn't been first time. exactly it hasn't even been a year so you know kind of the base program i guess it's not only really i think we, we need to formalize it a little bit more and consider it a program um but it's really just the community right like i think um that ultimately is what we launched with we we, we built a community that lives on top of slack and it's a very event driven like a lot of other communities and i think that's just been super helpful because it's like low touch right like you don't have to be a part of a super intense program that has events every week and you have to do all these things and you know you're, you're kind of adding to your workload you know we we just have a uh, an opt-in experience where you are in the slack and if you want to mute it or you want to kind of check out for a month you don't you can do that um you want to come back in next month you can do that um and we have events you know all the time and so if you want to go to one you can if you don't you you don't have to right so like it's that that i think has been the best way to get started because then we were able to gauge we were able to use the data from from the actual community and what people are saying on slack when people what events people are going to more than others to figure out okay so what program should we build now uh that would be that would resonate well with students um and what they need so the first program that we that we launched uh, on, in addition to the community, the broader community was called like Sprout, and Sprout was is designed for underclassmen, so freshmen and sophomores, who are considering dropping the major. So at at the point of application, you know, think of a student who's like, yeah, after this semester, you know, I'm dropping the major, or maybe they're the timing of the application too is at the end of a semester, so maybe they're you know, just taking finals, just getting their grades back, and they're like, hey, I don't know if this major is for me. So we open up applications at that time, and it's like, well, here, well, give us, you know, give us one more chance to convince you that you still belong in computer science, right? Like, give us that opportunity to put you through this 10-week program, meet, you know, have you meet a bunch of other students, um, learn about how to deal with isolation and imposter syndrome, learn about how to think like a programmer, learn about the different career paths that are out there for you, and actually learn how to code. Um, at a very basic level and like don't like do that program first before making that decision so we want to we want to attra- we want to attract the types of students who are kind of on the on the edge um and hopefully this program keeps them in the major 
uh, throughout throughout their four years. So that's the first thing that we we launched because we realized that the community is is super valuable to students who are already kind of confident in their ability to you know be in computer science or already have internships and things like that. But there were kind of these quiet few people students that kind of kind of came in and didn't feel comfortable yet because of the fact that like i said they're, they're considering dropping they don't feel like they belong so we felt that it would strengthen the community if we built a program for them and so we're adding a couple more this year more around uh the job search process and um getting connected with employers and even one for student founders um but that's the kind of process that we're going to use to to add new programming like what are the gaps that can be filled to further strengthen this community and we'll run a program to do that i think it's a really good point you bring up i think a friend of mine posted some numbers about um the university of michigan drive and that um between like i think entry-level courses and like maybe mid-level courses for cs there was like a precipitous drop in, in people especially coming from like minority groups because I think it was just too much right like and mm-hmm. uh, I think there is definitely that culture within some of these like top CS programs that CS is very hard and and to a point that's true but you know it, it, it I think it's still very doable it's not as hard or as um, you know instant as I think some of the college environments have made them out to be so uh, I think this idea of like getting people on the edge is uh, I think super important. Right, uh, right. Um, and then apart from that, you know, like, um, what's kind of your opinion on you know using, um, you know, different tools for community? Obviously, like you know, Slack groups are there, but um, mm-hmm. I always try to get opinions on community builders. Like, what kind of tooling are you really using um, that you think has been helpful? A lot of people have mentioned like no code tools or trying to like Discord or Circle. Like, what has yeah. really worked for you? Yeah, for sure. So, we, I mean, we use uh, so Slack and then you have, you know, MailChimp for emails and Airtable uh, and Zapier to kind of, you know, connect a lot of the dots there on the back end. Um, so that, those are those are our main tools that we use um, for our for our events. We're starting to we used in our in Cloudstack Sprout. We actually used um, Demio to run all of the events throughout the semester but we're actually going to convert to run the world so run the world mm. is a pretty exciting and fun uh you know video conferencing platform so we're probably going to migrate to that and use that for all of our events actually um throughout the year so that's been exciting but i think there hasn't been yet and i know circle exists i mean i've heard mixed reviews about that that it kind of works mainly for creators but you know, um, we were exploring some different community management tools that really have, you know, a member side to them. I think a lot of the community management tools are super focused on the community manager and the data and this and that. But a lot of what our challenges are, so, you know, revolve around member to member engagement. How can we incentivize um, that without sending more emails or getting or or putting out more surveys and things like that so uh a good friend of mine is building something around this that we're going to pilot in the next two months um called bloom and so we're gonna what it'll allow us to do is take you know applications to our community through that platform it'll allow uh, students to update their profile so for example if you're a student that you know comes into the community and uh starts out with the community college 
at a community college and then you transfer to a four year, like instead of us still having that community college uh, in our for on our records, you can just update that kind of in your um, in your profile, and it'll also allow students to find other students to connect with, and it integrates perfectly with Slack. It'll just for 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 a lot of reasons, it'll just help us not only reduce the amount of time we're doing it takes us to do community management on the back end, but it will increase uh, the amount of um, opportunities that are to engage uh, between members. Uh, that we wouldn't even have to kind of incentivize because it's just right there in the platform. Got it. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I've been like trying and testing so many tools that even like a basic directory is like one thing that's missing from Slack is like, yeah. you, just, you know, you just have like, how do I build this? How do we kind of gatekeep it? Um, all of those things. But I'm glad more people are, are working on, um, on tooling. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... I think even even with communications and stuff like a lot of the, the community manager platforms that do have things like um, uh, directories or, or whatever else that may be valuable, like I think what what they're doing wrong is they're trying to pull like each like they're trying to pull each community into its own home, and that it, that puts stress on the on the members where it's like as humans we're all part of many communities right we go to school we have family we have church we have baseball team you know we have all these different communities that we're a part of and so i think like if if there's a platform that kind of like slack you know brings it all under one in in one place where you can toggle between different communities very easy which people do on slack already um you know that i think is super valuable because it's not it's not a it's not pulling teeth to get all of your community members to be on this different platform that they're not already using um so i mean i'm hopeful uh, whether it's a bloom or not you know i'm hopeful that a solution would exist in the next you know three to five years that's a really good point that's something i struggle with too i'm like why would people just go to circle right like Exactly. Especially for like professional communities, it's like, hey, you already are on Slack for like work or like school, and right. so it just makes the ease of checking it like way better than like, oh, I have to go and like circle. Maybe I get an email. Like, I think the the frequency of that will just be so much lower. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Um, and then and switching gears, you know, like what's kind of now, obviously you've talked to you know ton of students and you do that every day like what is kind of your brutally honest advice to um you know students as they kind of navigate today's tech landscape obviously the industry has you know taken a much more prominent position in like you know just american life um the stock market and crypto and then um Facebook and privacy and everything. So, like, what's kind of your brutal advice to people as they're trying to think about like their career and like what part of the tech ecosystem to really, um, you know, join? Yeah, I mean, I think I think right now, I mean, I think it, I think it existed before, but I think right now more than ever, you just have, especially with remote work, like you just have so much agency um, as a software engineer to work on problems that you really care about. And I think especially for underrepresented students, like historically, 
the bigger companies were kind of the only ones that we could really work at because they were more flexible um, in terms of experience and, you know, getting more junior talent um, in the pipeline. So it allowed for more um, black and brown engineers to kind of go there or just at companies that maybe just weren't as technically advanced. Um, and I think today, like where I'm trying to get us to, to be, and especially the community at large, is I'm trying to invest so much in the development of our students that they can go out and get 10 offers and really pick the company that's for them. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I, I don't want us to be at the hold of some one company because it's our only opportunity. And so as I speak to them, I'm like, yeah, okay, you're a sophomore. Apply to all internships, whatever, whichever one you get, just go with it. But like, you got to build up that leverage over time, right? So that by your senior year, you have internship under your belt, you have leverage in a negotiation process to be like, hey, you know, if I don't want to work at this company, I don't have to. I can go interview at this other company, or I have other offers already, and now you can decide your fate a little bit more than we've been historically been able to. This goes for anybody, really. I think this is plenty opportunities out there to work on problems that you really care about so it's gonna it's gonna take a shift in mindset of the employers too because i think they're not focused on employee retention as much as they should be but from the candidate side like i encourage students to really find companies working in spaces that they really care about that will get them up in the morning no and it's a really good point and that's something like i've also tried like always since like seeing these like long lines at career fairs at my college i was like don't stand in one line for like five hours for like a 30 second conversation with some recruiter who's just not telling you to apply online like do your own work do your own networking and like you are the one who's in demand right like i mean we all know tech industry but like i think people like when you're younger you think that oh i'm lucky to have a job whereas it's very much like hey companies need to hire you because you know they have to do so many things so really right. you have the power like i think i've said that to so many friends like you have the power to you know decide which investors you want to take on who to work right. with which company to work for um right. just just always remember that as opposed to being like oh thank god for this benevolent corporate overlord for <laughs> giving me yeah. a job and, yeah. and paying me money um, i mean i think to your, to your point as well i think you know what what that requires though is a level of confidence in yourself or if your business your product right and i think i think that's the underlying theme like i want to encourage students to invest so much in themselves um and their skill and their craft that they can walk into a company and be like but you don't have to say it but like can walk in with the attitude of you need me right like i think same thing goes for companies like you know, if you focus so much on your customer and building an amazing product for your customer, investors are, investors need you more than you need them, right? And so I think whether it's the business um, or the or your own career, I think as long as you're spending more time on yourself and what matters most, like you'll you'll be better off in the long run. I think people right now are spending too much time trying to appeal to investors and too much time trying to appeal to employers as opposed to building their product or building out their skill set. No, I think that makes a ton of sense. I think I was reading through some uh, posts about this was like increasing the number of like venture venture capitalists, whereas the number of like companies, it's like 
six x more venture capitalists than there are actually companies being formed. So no, there's definitely way more capital. Um, right. People deploying that capital, and there are actually good companies nowadays. Right, um, right, right. So very, very much the power is in um, the hands of the the founders <laughs> right now. Uh, and then going forward, like what's kind of like your you know big big vision or like you know big big like next initiative that you're working towards? Yeah, I mean, a couple things like over the long term, I really want to get these programs up and running and really figure out how to make them an effective remote um, uh, experience. And I think there's a lot to learn from On Deck. I'll be an On Deck Catalyst Fellow uh, in the summer, so I'm ex- super excited about that. Uh, because I think we can really do something interesting here and really level the playing field in the next three to five years and do what it took the tech industry 20 years to do. Like, I th- really think we can move the needle. Like, personally, I mean, even what I did at Cornell, right? Like, I, w- with Google, my Google internship, the summer that I went there first, there were only two black students from Cornell that were interns there, and the, the following summer there were, like, 14, right? So... The, the kind of work that I've been doing has been very impactful very quickly compared to all these, you know, diversity efforts that have taken 10 years to really not even move the needle. And so, although there's a lot of metrics that we're going to look at internally to see how our students are doing, I actually want to see how our partners and the companies at large that we, you know, work with, um, how their numbers are shifting um, as a result of our work. Awesome. Um, no, that sounds um, that sounds really cool. We should definitely um, try to partner up on that. I actually talked to Shriya today about like on the catalyst, and yeah, yeah. Um, we're thinking of doing like a conference. Like uh, we did like InfoCon last year, uh, but like like a conference for just like young people in tech mm. to talk about issues that um, matter that. to them. Uh, so yeah, so I'll, I'll 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 loop you into the the thread. I think I love organizing conferences, even though I never have fun at them. <laughs> uh, it's like being a party host you know like you put so much effort but you end up never yeah. having fun because you just right. want to make sure that place doesn't burn down <laughs> yep no I feel it I feel it <laughs> um, awesome well Jerome thanks so much for, for coming um, and yeah I'll follow up with the, the recording and we, we get the article out um, and yeah looking forward to um, you know collaborating more and sending more great people um, to cut our stack amazing for sure thank you so much man yeah See you, everyone. All right. Bye. Later.